Welcome to the show. We are tuned in for real-life stories with real-life people who have overcome adversity and healed their life. I am your host, Victoria Johnson, teacher trainer and coach trainer for the Heal Your Life Certification Program and best-selling author of Do That and Then Some Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough. As Louise Hay always said, the point of power is in the present moment, so let's get started. Hello, wonderful listeners, and welcome back to another podcast. I am really excited to share the guest that we have today. Her name is Jenny Diltz, and Jenny is bringing something very unique to the podcast that every single one of you can benefit from hearing. So stay tuned because this is important stuff. Jenny is a grieving coach. And she has uh, shared with me some processes that go along with the grief journey phases, I guess they would be, that we use for internal processing. And I am really excited to hear her share what those are with us, because I know that every single one of us has experienced loss. And whether it's uh, a divorce, losing a job, kids leaving the house, or a death in the family, whatever it might be, we have all experienced loss. So Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Victoria. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, wonderful. I love that you opened that way, that everybody has experienced loss, because that's how I see it too. My definition of grief is the natural response to loss. So whether that loss comes from a death or from a job change, relationship, a global pandemic, the loss of a sense of normalcy or jobs, all of these losses bring grief. Absolutely. And you know, I think that sometimes as a society, we feel like grief is something we have to push through. Let me just get through that. Let me get over it. Let me put it behind me. Let me check that off the list. And that's not the case at all. Grief is an incredibly important process. So thank you for being here. I just want to tell the listeners, your website is grievingcoach.com. So if they want to check you out while they listen, they can do that. That is grievingcoach.com, G-R-I-E-V-I-N-G coach.com. And if you want to email Jenny, it is Jen with two N's at grievingcoach.com. So Jenny, how did you get into this work? So I actually had a very powerful realization this morning that I have been grieving my whole life. I've been grieving myself my whole life. When I was a child, I lost a sense of who this person is, who I am. And so I feel right at home in grief. And the, the pivotal moment in my career, I would say, happened about four years ago when I was sitting with a friend whose husband died suddenly. Our children were in the same school class. And I sat with her in her grief, and I noticed that I was able to be with her in that trauma and hold space for her. And that experience invigorated me because I began to see my gifts of being able to hold that space for others in their grief. There is something absolutely invigorating about being able to help other people. And you know, there's that expression that it's in giving we receive. Mm -hmm. It's so true, I find, as you do, that when when we find that natural gift that we have and we share it to other people, it doesn't drain us. It doesn't take away from us. It fuels us because we are living with purpose and passion and making a difference. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's go through your view of the grief journey and what some of those phases are. So I like to use the term phases because a lot of people have misconceptions about the stages of grief. 
Kubler-Ross is actually a hero of mine. She wrote an amazing work about the stages and her stages, anger, denial, bargaining, resentment, those were never intended for grief. They were written for the dying process. Those are stages for dying. But later, as time went on, people have adopted those into grief stages, quote. I have done that myself many times. So what you're saying is those are not the stages of grief. Those are the stages of dying. Yes. So how did that turn around like that? I have no idea. The only thing I can guess is that, like you were saying, people don't want to deal with grief. They want to avoid it. They want to push it away. And by applying those stages, Kubler-Ross's stages, to the grieving process, perhaps they thought, okay, I can go through these stages one by one and get over my grief. Yes. And if there are anything like I am, and I know a lot of people are like I am, we want to get from, you know, stage one to stage five as quickly as humanly possible, right? We want to know I'm 75% through this process and not give it the time that, as you say, an actual phase needs as opposed to a step. Yeah. All right. So tell us more. (laughs) Awesome. So I see grief not as a ladder or a step-by-step process that one can achieve Mm -hmm. because grief always is always with us. Mm -hmm. I like to help people not get over their grief because that doesn't happen. I like to help people get to know their grief and build a relationship with it. So in the first phase of grief, there's kind of a numbness where we can't necessarily process even what just happened. And then there comes a point in time where we have no choice. We have to start looking at this really happened. This loss really came to me and it's affecting my life. So now I have to start looking at it. So that's kind of the transition between the first phase and the second phase. So the first stage is that recognition then. That's the ending of the first phase. The first phase is like numbness or denial where you can't even come to terms with the loss. Okay. And that each stage lasts a different time depending on each individual because we all process grief in a different way. So once you come to a point where you have to look this loss in the face and you have to come to terms with it, it becomes a reality. So the next phase is, yes, this thing really happened. This person really died or this loss really happened, but I can't deal with the grief yet. So I'm still avoiding the grief and pushing it away. And that gets us only so far with time and processing. The next, we start to go into the next phase of, oh, all right, this grief is here and it's not going away. So we start to accept it or at least acknowledge it. What am I going to do with this grief? If I keep it inside, it's going to build and fester and come out in ways that I don't want it to. So I can do that by still avoiding it, or I can choose to look at it. So that marks the transition into the next phase, which would be a phase exploration. We can start to get to know our grief. What is it teaching me? What can I learn from it? How am I stronger because of it? How am I weaker because of it? So really getting curious then with Mm -hmm. what we're feeling and how it's impacting our life. Yes. And as we get curious and as we find those answers, then we transition into the later stage of, oh, wow, this grief thing is a really powerful teacher. I'm learning a lot from this grief. Sometimes very unpleasant. Sometimes, huh, these things are really cool. I'm doing things that I never thought I could do. And we're able to look at our grief with gratitude 
and we're more able to share our story with others and accept others' stories of grief. And so what is the benefit of that, the whole sharing of the stories? Community, connection. As we share our vulnerability, it allows other people to open up with theirs and you feel heard and witnessed. And like you said earlier in the beginning, is that sense of giving back, giving and receiving. And you also hold monthly support groups. Is this kind of when people are at that stage, then after they've gone through the numbness, the acceptance, the acknowledging, the exploration, the curiosity, you know, the, all of that reflection, and now they're moving into gratitude and sharing? Is that generally when people are on your monthly support group or do they come before that? Tell us more about that. It's open to anybody, wherever you are at on the journey. And it's good to have a mix so that the people who are farther along on their journey can support those who are freshly grieving or who are not as far. And so it gives perspective from every every phase along the way. I could see that. I could see how, you know, those who had been in a further along stage, for lack of a better term, how it could give hope to the people who are, are newer and then for the people who are newer to say, I'll get there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get there to, to that stage. And, and for the people who are farther along to say, look how far I've come. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So how do people get involved with your monthly support group? Do they just email you? Um, right now it's set up through Meetup. And on my website, there's a link to sign up for that group. Okay. And so that's grievingcoach.com. And I also noticed that you do have some information there for suicide support. Can you tell us more about what that is directed to, who that is directed to? So I've done a few panel discussions through the nonprofit organization Reimagine. And one of them was geared towards people who have attempted suicide. One of them has been, was geared to people who have lost loved ones to suicide. I found that it was better to keep the different groups separate so that triggers wouldn't necessarily be too much for either group. And I'm working with Reimagine some more to offer more public panels so that's coming up in a few months, probably April, May-ish, oh, early, wonderful. early June. Wonderful. Well, I know that uh, mental health has definitely been impacted with the pandemic. And sadly, more and more people are experiencing depression or anxiety and making choices that sometimes end their lives as what they believe is the only option for them at that time. And When people come to see you then for the suicide support, for those people who are grieving, who have been left behind, what do you find is a common theme? What could you say to the listener who is feeling overwhelmed right now due to having experienced loss, whether it was their job due to COVID or whether it was a loved one, perhaps through suicide or some other means because of the pandemic? Well, With suicide specifically, the number one lesson that I would offer is it's not your fault. It is not your fault. Is that a common thing, the blaming? Yeah. What does that look like when you see people then they're thinking I should have seen something or I should have said something or all of the above? All of the above. Mm -hmm. I should have been aware, more aware. I should have reached out to him more. I should have talked with her better. I shouldn't have been so mean to her. I should have seen it coming. But in reality, sometimes 
even though you have the best mental health help, even though you have the best conversations, even though you've been there the whole time, every step of the way, it's not your fault. It's their decision. Yes. I hear the words you're saying. And having lost someone close to me to suicide, I hear what you're saying. But the little voice in my head is like, "Mm, yeah, but yeah, but. And I remember that little voice, by the way, if you watch my podcast shows up quite often, the yeah, but voice. I think I'm Uh just going to name it that right now. It's called yeah, but. (laughs) So yeah, but shows up. And, uh, and, you know, I think back and I think I really did do everything I could. I really did leave no stone unturned. I really Mm -hmm. did try to help as much as I can. Yeah, but says, well, maybe you should have just went there. Maybe you should have, you know, totally taken control. And realistically, I, as that person left behind, felt like I could have never done enough. And, and I think that maybe that's important for the listeners to know that even if you did 10 out of 10, you're likely going to feel like you didn't do enough. And that's a quote unquote normal feeling in this situation. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. I did have a friend, I do have a friend whose sister died by suicide. And amazingly, she didn't struggle with the guilt. I could have done more. She knew that there was nothing more she could do. Her difficulty came with the struggle that her sister was not alone. Her her big realization came when she realized that her sister was never alone, that her higher power was with her every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So that was a big shift for my friend. Yeah, the guidance there and that we all do have this free will and choices. What would be some advice that you would give to people listening who perhaps lost a loved one through the pandemic, through COVID at this point? So I have some wonderful connections with COVID loss organizations. One of them is markedbycovid.com. Um, that's their website is markedbycovid.com. And they do incredible work with allowing space for these people's stories to be heard and seen and acknowledged and setting up memorials for all of the people who have been lost to COVID, mm-hmm. all of the people who have died. I would think that, and I don't actually know anything about this. You're the expert, so correct me if I'm wrong. I would think that the inability to have closure, to have that service, would be a stumbling block to get to the next phase of the grief journey. Yeah, agreed. And that's why COVID deaths are so hard, because often there is not that ritualistic closure so what advice do you have there to, to just general advice to to help people perhaps even get to that first phase of letting go of the numbing? Be gentle with yourself. That's take the time I, that it needs. Yes. Be gentle with yourself and take the time that it needs. There's a lot of wisdom in those words. And as I repeated them, you know, I'm thinking to myself, There's just this energy right now of, you know, uncertainty and this conclusion and that conclusion and rushing around. But just hearing those words, be gentle with yourself. Take the time that it needs. And so for you listeners out there, if you are dealing with grief of any kind, whether it's a loss of a job, whether you've lost a loved one through COVID or or something else, Really just take Jenny's words to heart here. Be gentle with yourself. Take the time that it needs. 
So important. Jenny also does one-on-one coaching, which is wonderful. And I want to really encourage you to visit her website, grievingcoach.com. And the monthly support information is on there. The suicide support information is on there. The the one-on-one coaching. And I'm going to repeat the website that you mentioned, markedbycovid.com, for anyone who is listening who needs that extra support to tell their story, to perhaps have a memorial, whatever it might be, to be part of that community. It sounds like Jenny's very highly recommending that. Jenny, in closing here, what would you like to share with the listeners as a tip? to them moving forward. I know that we talked a little bit about reassuring people that they're at the phase that they are intended to be at right now and to not panic. Uh, Did you want to add to that? I do. Yes, you are exactly where you need to be, wherever you're at. And so being at peace with that, trusting yourself and also trusting the journey that the experiences that you're having, that you have had are helping you to develop into the person that you can become your best self. Oh, that's just an absolutely wonderful quote and tip. And and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit just so that the audience can really hear that. So being you are exactly where you need to be right now. Mm -hmm. And you might listen to that and think, uh, no, I want to be anywhere but here. But you are exactly where you need to be right now. Everything is working out for you. You know, everything is a process. It does take time. And as Jenny says, meet every experience with honor and with respect and allow it to teach you the lessons. Don't try and rush through. Allow it to teach you the lessons that will help you become the best version of yourself. And you will get through this. Absolutely, you will. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Jenny, thank you for being on the show. You can email Jenny at Jen with two N's at grievingcoach.com. Her website is grievingcoach.com. And thank you for everything you do in the world. If ever a time that we needed a grieving coach, the time is now. So thank Thank you for showing up and for being you. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been amazing. It's been a pleasure for me as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to become an internationally certified Heal Your Life teacher and coach, please visit thetraining.ca. To be a guest on the show and share your story, please visit victoriajohnson.org. Thank you so much for joining us.